Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 176 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. Now, for today's episode, our topic is reading for the public. And I have a very special guest, the one and only Jenna Matlin. Hello, Jenna. Hi, how's it going? Hi, everyone. Well, you know, we got two Geminis together, so it's going to be going good and fast and furious with this conversation. Um, <laughs> so for people who are listening in, we are both Geminis. You know, us Geminis stick together and we love to talk. So Jenna, um, first I'm going to ask you, how long have you been reading for the general public? You, you're a veteran. What's been going on? How long? Um, how long? Well, I, I feel like I've been reading for the public for most of my life. I mean, I was reading for friends and their parents uh, in my teenage years. At the age of 19 in the 90s, I was reading out of a New Age bookstore um, and then did ad hoc events here and there. And it was in 2012 that I decided to move into a full-time business where I read for the public. And how long were you reading uh, you said you started as a teenager. So about how long were you reading before you actually said, I'm biting the bullet and going to start reading for the public? Well, there's an interesting story behind that. So my first tarot deck was gifted to me by, uh, there was a couple of houses on my block that were filled with drag queens, the community drag queens. And uh, they kind of just took me in. And one of them bought me my first tarot deck for my 14th birthday. And I memorized that deck within six weeks. I was on fire, hungry, hungry to read tarot. And my first gig was at their Halloween Victor Victoria party. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> so, and at that time I was hooked. I mean, I was just getting immediate feedback. I, I couldn't believe these grown people were listening to what I had to say. <laughs> uh, and that was really a, a very quick kind of launch for me. Um, and it got me my chops quickly. But when I started my business in 2012, I really focused on doing in-person festival work because there's nothing like getting tarot chops than doing a lot of short readings one after the other. Oh, that's a perfect way to learn. Let me ask you this real quick too. So, you know, I had been reading for some time um, before I started reading for just people here and there. Um, do you think, and I'm not talking working as a paid professional, so it's not what I'm talking about. Do you think that you will really develop your skills faster if you stop reading for yourself and just start reading for whoever will let you? Or do you think you should be reading for yourself for a long time first? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I believe it, it's, it's a combination of both. Uh, but when I'm teaching tarot to new people, I ask them to stop reading for themselves at first and read for others because sometimes, especially as we're learning, um, it's hard to tell what we're getting is a message and what is our own subjective opinion. So when we have that kind of other, that other person, it makes it easier for us to just be like, you know what, I've got no skin in this game. I, I don't even know you maybe. And, you know, I want the best for you, of course, as a human, but I, I'm not rooting for this thing to go one way or the other. Um, so I tend to tell people to do to read for others more than yourself in the beginning until you get a feel for what those intuitive hits feel like and how they're different than your subjective opinion. I 
love that. You know, I've never heard anybody with, uh, approach it that way. Mostly everybody, and I, I mean, I've told people this too. You know, you got to start reading somewhere, so you should start reading for yourself. That's a really brilliant perspective. I love that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I definitely think that you should read for yourself. But what I have found with a lot of um, beginning readers is that you know, they often read on whatever it is that's bothering them, whatever is causing anxiety, and often they can't really see below that. Um, so I think using tarot to read from a, like, personal growth perspective in the beginning is good. Um, and, and honestly, I would say Lenormand would be easier lent towards reading for yourself from the get-go. But yeah, I, I flip it. I flip it. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just like, read for everyone. Uh, and actually, one of the things I tell my students to do, uh, I, I'm a Redditor. I don't know, Teresa, are you on Reddit? Are you No, I'm not on it at all. Well, I love Reddit because there's a subreddit called Relationships. And Ew. there's tons of juicy questions that you can use tarot for. And often these people will update uh, what has happened. So then you can go back and go, oh, was my reading accurate? Did it make sense to where this person was going? And I tell everyone to go there and do at least five of them a day. And you're going to be reading in like a brilliantly in no time. That's another really amazing suggestion for people who want to learn how to read for the public or how to read tarot. I mean, Super, super smart. Again, that's something I never would have thought of because, of course, I'm not on Reddit. (laughs) I love that. So let me ask you this. How might reading for the public differ for reading for like a family or friend or loved one? Where is How does this get? How is this different? Oh, wow. (laughs) There are so many ways that it's different. Number one, you can assume that the person that you're reading for trusts you. And they're going to test you. Uh, they may withhold information from you, expecting that you are going to. Uh, I think people think that intuitive people or psychic people that you meet them, and then there's like a dossier of that person's life instantly downloaded into your brain, and it's just not the case. Uh, and so I tell people like, when you're getting intuitive hits, whether just with tools or without tools we may not understand the context that that intuitive hit comes from or that insight. So we sometimes need that. Um, So I feel like that's a big difference. Um, Another, another big difference between reading for the public and reading for family is that what you say and what that person hears is often two very different things. And because they're not family and friends, oftentimes you can't, have like conversations that happen after where you go, well, that's not exactly what I said. I said it this way because we are always listening through the filter of today. And what I find really interesting is that people want predictions, but then if you say something that doesn't make sense to them, they'll go, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. And then you're like, well, I'm reading on a future state. So how do you know whether that will make sense or not? People People read and they listen in very concrete terms, but you and I, Teresa, know that predictions don't work that way. Things can feel like they're veering totally far away from the actual prediction and then, and then all of a sudden snap back towards it. Um, but when we're reading with the public, if you don't make an instant hit on something they can verify right away, they may question the whole thing. Yep, absolutely. They want, I will say that people who come at it with that perspective, they're looking for a psychic pony trick. Yes. 
And that that's not how this works. That's not how any of it works. Anybody who knows about tarot or dreams or psychic stuff knows that the information often comes in weird symbols. And sometimes it doesn't make sense until later. Yes, exactly. And, and also sometimes I find when you're reading with the public, like you said, people hear things a different way. Uh, I had a reading for a woman many, many years ago. And um, she said, I didn't like my last reading. I said, why? She goes, nothing came true. I always hate when people say nothing came true. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I said, okay, well, let's see if we can do a better job this time. I couldn't be least she was even back. But anyhow, I lay out the cards and I said, okay, well, it looks like you are going to be out of work. And she goes, that's totally wrong. And I said, you know what? Let's put these cards away. Obviously, we are not connected. Let's forget this. She goes, no, 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 keep going, keep going. I went into the reading. She's rolling her eyes through the whole thing. It was really awful. Mm-hmm. And anyhow, after I was done with this little intro reading, she says, well, so anyhow, I got laid off from my job. And I'm like, <laughs> I told you you weren't working. She goes, oh, well, I don't see that as the same thing. Oh, my God. Well, here's the best part. And her friend was with her at the reading. And her friend says, by the way, everything you said in her last reading, you gave her great advice. Everything worked out. She just didn't want to hear what you had to say. And she goes, yeah, well, blah, blah. And I'm like, I was so mad. I never saw her again. I, that, that client got banned because obviously we are speaking a very different language and you're playing games with me. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I mean, that could happen too. Mm-hmm. I think you just said something really an awesome part about working with the public, like when I do, I tend to see people one-on-one, but sometimes I'll do gallery readings where the public is listening or friends or family are listening in. And I love when the person that you're reading for is looking at you like a deer <laughs> stuck in the headlights. Like you could tell that they're like not computing what you're saying at all. And everyone around them that knows them are like emphatically shaking their heads up and down saying, oh my God, yes, this is exactly the right thing. Because the thing is, when we read for a public, we are trying to get past, we're trying to circumvent their ego and their ego is like, I want to hear this and I don't want to hear that. And I'm resistant to this and I don't want to know that. And I always find it interesting that when I'm reading for the public or reading for someone, I can tell immediately when the ego arises or that like saboteur, that resistance-based persona within us, because they start getting very granular. I don't know if you've noticed this, Teresa. Like if you say something that they don't like or they don't want to hear, they're like, well, uh, well what do you mean that's going to, what do you, is that going to be like on Tuesday or like Wednesday? Or like, what yes. is that going to be? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, and you're like, oh, there's your ego. Hello, ego. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's, it's really, really interesting when you encounter that type of energy because what they don't, they're, they're not understanding how it works. And sometimes they're feeling a little freaked out too. And, and, you know, they want to get control of the situation. And also sometimes they really want to make sure that you're working and earning your money. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And then there's also this, excuse me, we have to watch for, I mean, I watch for people catastrophizing the message where it's like, oh, like, you know, so I, I use different tricks for that when I'll say one thing and then I see them repeating back in something that's like way more horrible than what I said. I'm like, listen, on a level from one to 10, you're talking like this is a nine level event. And I'm telling you, this is like a four and a half. Yeah. You know? um, so really trying to like dial back people's, when you, when we fear and we have anxiety, we get into that black and white thinking, this is going to yeah. be all good or all bad, you know? Um, so I really try to address that with people yeah. and say, I don't want you to hear it this way. This is not what I'm saying. I'm saying. A, B, C, D, you know? Yeah, totally. So 
On that note then, I mean, what would be your best tips for delivering a really good reading for a stranger that you might meet in your office or, or maybe you're practicing with a new person or maybe you're at a fair? What are the tips for delivering a solid reading? I think the most important tip is to remember that you are in control of the situation every step of the way. From the moment they sit down to the moment they get up, you need to remain in control of the situation. Um, And that may mean sometimes telling people no and you won't and you don't work that way um, because we do get tested by people, uh, tested to see if this is even true, if we're, you know, con artists, if we're whatever. So it's important to remain in control. And we remain in control by being preemptive and just saying, this is how I work. This is not how I work. This is not what's going to happen. I'm not going to answer that question. Just because they ask a question doesn't mean you're obligated to answer it, especially if it makes you feel ethically yicky. Um, Another part of this is that we all are entitled to ask whatever questions of the universe that we want, but it's up to the universe to decide how the universe wants to answer it. And sometimes we don't get an answer. Sometimes it's, this person can't know this yet and and we can't explain why. There's things happening below. There are things going on under the hood that we, we can't, there's no spoilers on this for this person. And as readers, we often get the brunt of that ego or that fear, or that anxiety or that rage um, coming towards us, but it's really not always up to us. So reminding them of we are entitled to ask a question, but we are not entitled to the answer. Not always. Um, I am not, you know, and you are not, none of us are those, you know, Zoltan, isn't that like put in a quarter and I'm going to spit out your fortune. It's not how this works. Um, And anyone who wants that, uh, I tell them very quickly that I'm not going to be the person for them then. Mm -hmm. So I think standing within your truth, if you're not comfortable reading a reading, if someone's like, oh, you're a medium, right? Read this and you know you're not, tell them you're not. So we are only as healthy as our boundaries. And the worse our boundaries are, um, the the quicker we're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. Trying to please everybody. Uh, another thing is a lot of times you'll have people from the public come to you and say, well, this reader said A, B, C, D, E, F, G. This person said he's my twin flame soulmate, past life, whatever. Yet he's, he's, uh, he's throwing things at me, but I'm going to stick it out. You know, it is not our job to affirm what other readers have said or not said. That is brilliant advice. And also about the twin flames thing, you know, you you mentioned about questions. Uh, I think it's really important to add too, that if there's something you don't believe in, that it really goes against the grain of your belief system, you shouldn't read for that. I mean, for example, I don't, I'm not a believer in gambling. I'm anti-gambling. I don't want to do a reading on numbers. I don't want to do a reading on whether you're going to win the lottery because it's something I'm not for. And I feel strongly about it. So I can't be objective. And Twin flames, I, I get people every once in a while who bring that up with me. It's something I don't believe in. I don't believe there's just one person for you. There's billions of people in the world. Why not 
billions of potential partners. So this is me speaking like a true Gemini. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's very hard for me to, to do a reading on, on a subject like that. And I always tell people that's not my wheelhouse. It's not something I believe in. And I think it's really important, like you said, for us to be very honest about um, the expectations and the kind of questions we will or won't answer, but also really clear about the things that we really have a bias on. It's okay to say, I've got an opinion about this. I can't read on this. I feel like um, it's hard to be a reader that says, no, it's not going to work out. Or no, this is not what the cards are showing for you, especially if they have seen other readers who find it easier to say, yes, of course, he's your twin flame. Yes, of course, this thing is going to happen for you. But if you become a reader where you are leaving self-actualization within the lap of the person you're reading for, uh, you have to deal with resistance on that. Um, But also I think sometimes tarot has a bit of a PR problem Mm -hmm. that like what the cultural zeitgeist kind of shows tarot to be and what tarot is can often be two very different things. So uh, reading for the public means having to educate the public a lot. on what exactly this is, how this is, um, what we're capable of, and being honest when we're not capable of something, saying, I don't know the answer to that. Yep. That's a hard thing to say to somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The answer's not here right now. And people will get mad, but I think ultimately they appreciate that because you're being honest. Right. So let's turn this around then. Since you mentioned educating for the public. So what would be your advice for a person who's seeking a tarot reading? How should they prepare? Ooh, good question. Uh, for someone who's seeking how to read, how to uh, get a tarot reading, I think the first thing to consider is what are you, what are you wanting actually? Um, are you worried about something, and are you just looking to feel better? Because sometimes we can use tarot as anxiety reduction rituals, but tarot's not really meant for that. Uh, tarot's meant to get to the heart of something or to clarify something. And that clarification may be anxiety producing because it's asking you to look at something that might be hard or scary even. So I think it, the first thing is, what is really your intent in terms of getting a reading? What do you, what do you want to get out of this? Second, when you're looking for a reader, do your research. Look at what they're writing. Look at, mm-hmm. look at what they're putting on, on YouTube or their blogs or their podcasts. Do you feel connected to that person? Do they feel authentic to you? Um, do you feel that you align with that person in terms of life philosophy and approach? I think that's important too. I think those are the two biggest things. And then number three, when you go to a session, just be open to the process. It's not, it's rarely going to be what, you, what you've come in to expect, but you have to be open to that because when we're talking about the nature of any occult or intuitive process, it's nonlinear. So we can't come in expecting that, well, A plus B equals C, right? So you better give me C. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's a completely different system than what we're dealing with. You know, and we can see that throughout history. When you look at, you know, Cassandra, right? She was a the Greek uh, oracle, but everything she said was so riddled. <laughs> no one could mm-hmm. understand it until after the fact. 
And that is because oracles, even from those times, that part of the power of an oracle message is decoding the message. Mm-hmm. But then we have people who are like, well, I don't want to do any work. I don't want to decode. And that's your job, Missy. <laughs> yeah. So um, being open to doing some work on your end to then decode the message once you've gotten it is the process towards getting you to wherever it is that you need to be. So I think being open is good. So I think those are kind of the three big pillars I would recommend for anyone who's looking to get a reading and maybe hasn't before now. I also think too, if you're coming to a tarot reading, expecting that the future is just going to be laid out for you and you're sitting around waiting, it's like waiting around for a glass slipper to show up at your door. Life doesn't work like that. And tarot doesn't work like that. Tarot is not a passive act. And that's one thing I love to tell people. You, if you're sitting there and you want to ask about the future, but you're not willing to do anything, or you just can expect it's all going to show up for you, that is not how it works. So like you say, you have to do the work to decode, but you also have to do your work once you get the information to really think about how to apply it so you get the life you want. Instead of sitting around hoping that somehow it's all going to work out and then getting mad at the reading when it doesn't because you sat around waiting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I often find that sometimes we, a person can see a reader when there's no more easy options left on the table and they are just grasping at whatever and wherever and whoever can give them an option that they may have not considered. Um, I feel like often I am the I don't know. I'm like the grim reaper of reality sometimes in, in sessions that like that you have, there are no, no easy options left here. All that's left is the hard thing. And let's support you as you work through this hard thing. And also let's look at that bigger defining message in terms of how you are going to grow as a result of the hard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I agree. It's like, nope, there's nothing easy here for you. Um, and also I think, you know, we have these unconscious levels of ourselves or spiritual levels of ourselves that drag our ego to get a reading. Cause it's like, all right, she's not hearing this. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's the, our spiritual self drag her here. So she gets so confronted with it. She cannot refuse it anymore. Right on. So what, what do you say when skeptics come? I mean, you know, some people like to play, we kind of hinted around at this. If there's a skeptic at your table and they're sitting down, they've got their arms crossed, they don't want to tell you anything because they don't want to reveal too much and they really want to see if you're full of it. How do you deal with that? That's so intimidating for new readers. I think there's two kinds of skeptics. Uh, there's the skeptic who's skeptic, but open-minded. Um, and I love working with those kind of people because they're often asking questions and they want to know how it works and they're not certain. But for people that are completely shut down, the first thing I do is I don't ignore that that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So in the session, if someone sits down, even if it's at like a party reading or a short-term reading, um, if they're giving me that like their arms across and they're not talking, I just, I just call it out and say, you know, it seems like um, your, your, your arms are crossed and, and you're not really wanting to talk to me. 
So let me explain to you that that's not how I work. This is how I work. And you have to trust me. Trust me. And by the end of this, if you're still feel, feeling this way, here's your money back, man. Now, if someone's belligerent, I absolutely will not read for them ever. And I remember the first couple of years that I went full time, I, I, I could kick myself over how I allowed some people to abuse me. Yes. Because I was afraid of um, causing a scene. I was afraid of saying no. I think especially as, as a woman, as women, we are socialized to please mm-hmm. uh, in ways that really compromised who I was and my own self-respect. So for anybody that's listening, if you're if you are just starting out, please say no. Say no early and say no often because you will not you will not look back on these times and go, oh, I'm so glad I let that person walk all over me. Yes, that is such amazing advice because I will, I'm shaking my head, people can't see it, but you know, when I started out too, as a very young reader, I also came across some really verbally abusive people that were playing games and being rude and disrespectful. And I kind of assumed that that was business. You had to put up with it. The customer's all right. And you know what? They're not. It is okay to say, no, you're, you're rude. I'm not reading for you. Uh-uh. I don't deal with that stuff. And I found when someone comes with that attitude, it's like pulling teeth. You're not going to get a good reading. They're not going to get a good experience. Nobody's going to walk away from that feeling good. So why bother? It doesn't work. There's another thing I want to talk about, too. We're going to wrap up in a second. But right now, at the time that we are recording this, you know, this is 2020. So if you're listening to this in 2030... <laughs> If this podcast still exists. But, you know, we've had this COVID thing come out. And a lot of readers who were used to seeing people in person at events, at parties or in their home office, have had to go online. They've had to go over the phone. Now, there's readers like me who've been doing it that way for a couple of years. But a lot of readers are being forced now. A lot of shops are being forced to take their businesses online for their readers. And I know there are people both clients and readers who are freaking out about this. So what is your advice about delivering a good reading over the phone? And what is your words of wisdom for people who assume that somehow getting it over the phone or email or whatnot isn't as good as in person? Ooh, those are some really great questions. Um, You know, as we talked earlier, I was just telling you, I've decided to close down my office for in-person readings probably for the rest of the year. Um, And obviously, I've written two books about reading in public with people (laughs) face-to-face. So when I left Philly and moved to North Carolina to, to kind of move my business, I had a lot of resistance from my clients because they all believed that... uh, that the reading just wouldn't be quote unquote as good. Um, and the way I handle that is, you know, the intuitive nature of tarot reading or any kind of intuitive art does not require physical proximity to work. And if we look at perhaps even other psychics, like say someone who does remote viewing or someone who finds lost children or somebody who finds, well, how are they find that lost child if they're not with the child? Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't work that way. That if we are going to agree that we can look at space time in a non-ordinary way, 
this is a logical leap into what you already believe. So um, I tell people, hey, just give it a try. Have you ever done it? No. Well, then how do you know? And I wouldn't do it if I if it didn't work. And then what's funny is my phone readings are my best readings. Mine too. Which, which are counterintuitive to what everyone thinks. But um, I tell them that if I can't see you, I'm incapable of making any of those cold reading uh, opinions about you. I cannot see your hair. I cannot see the gemstones on your fingers. I cannot see your Prada bag. I can't see any of that. All I have is a number and a voice. So if this hits for you, then it's like more accurate than any other thing because I've got no tells. So if you have a reader saying that I actually do best when I don't have that information, as someone who gets readings, you should listen to that. Yeah. And also for me, it's way distracting to do in-person readings. It's Mm. very distracting. I find over the phone, all I'm looking at is the cards now. I've got nothing else. I can really go into the cards and feel what I'm feeling. And I'm not getting distracted by someone, you know, fidgeting or whatever. So I, I find it really helps to concentrate as a reader. Yeah, you're so right. Like body language can be really distracting, especially if you're saying something and you see them pull back, you see them get very silent. It's very clear that they're not grokking what it is that you're saying. And if you're not (laughs) so confident, that can throw you off. Because then part of you is thinking like, oh my God, uh, she's she's not agreeing with this or she doesn't see this. And then you start kind of like talking yourself out of what's there. Right. You're just purely seeing what you see. And it feels really good. And it, I think at least some more authentic reading. So just my two cents on that. Jenna, you are such a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. And one of my favorite A, Geminis, and B, readers. You are such a consummate pro. And I think what you're doing to educate people about tarot business and about uh, how to get a good reading, you're really providing some valuable information for people. So I really, really respect and appreciate you. Oh, it goes both ways, fellow Gemini. Thank you so much for having me. I love these chats so much. So do I. You, you always got to get Geminis together. Some, we always got something to say. And so if people want to work with you, Jenna, where can they find you? Well, it's very easy. You can go to my website, which is just my name, jennamatlin.com. I do have a monthly free of charge, no strings attached, spiritual entrepreneur Zoom group. You can find that on my website. I have two books uh, with public readings for when COVID does lift. Have Tarot Will Travel, Have Tarot Will Party. Um, And hit me up if you feel like a reading, want to get a a mentor or coach in the business, I can also do that too. So absolutely. That's about it. And for people who are listening in, and we did talk a lot about reading for the public. If you are looking to go pro and you really want to up your skills and you want to get your business going, Jenna is your gal. So I want to encourage you if you are a tarot pro or an aspiring tarot pro and business is your thing, this this is the person to go to. This is, everybody in the tarot industry knows Jenna is your gal. So please make sure that you also check her out for that business mentoring. All right, people. And that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. 
I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, lots of other good books, blog posts, astrological forecasts. It's really a mouthful. I got a lot of good things for you guys to check out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you are enjoying Tarot Bites, do me a favor, get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to Tarot Bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.